Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Today's episode of the All Angels Podcast is brought to you by SportsDrink, your digital water cooler. SportsDrink is a newly created internet community that tries to find the intersection of sports and not sports. They're here to help us grow and hate your favorite team. A rising tide floats all boats, so go check them out online and on social go to sportsdrink.org or open instagram and type in at s-p-r-t-s-d-r-n-k spelled like sports drink without the vowels oh got it got it got it 33 center field marsh leaps and he got it Normally, high fly ball deep left field. Oh, 27 does it again for this year. Wall sends it well out to left center field, and it's gone. He went to Jared. Way This is Brandon Marsh, the Los Angeles Angels baseball. You listen to All Angels podcasts. And welcome to another edition of the All Angels Podcast. I am your host, Dan Garcia. And if you've been listening to the podcast long enough, you kind of know around this time when spring training is ending and the regular season is around the corner, I like to get on guests that help me preview the other AL West teams. And this year is no different. You know, with the lockout happening and even like moves before the lockout, moves after the lockout, it is pretty easy to kind of forget who's on the move, who left, who came into these certain teams. So that's what we're going to be doing for the next couple episodes is trying to get some previews out there of teams in the West. Um, some faces, some voices that you are familiar with that I've had on the podcast, just like my first guest, Martin Gallegos. He is the Oakland A's beat writer for MLB.com. He was, he's been on for a couple of times talking about you know, obviously the A's, and then if there's a trade that involves the A's and the Angels, like the Stella trade, I believe, uh, it was great to have him on and and talk about that. So here he is. We talk about the A's, their moves, their not moves, and kind of where he sees the team this year. So I hope you enjoy it. I'd like to welcome back Oakland A's beat writer going on his sixth season covering the A's. And past guest, Martin Gallegos. How are you doing tonight? Hey, I'm good. How are you doing? Doing really well. So, obviously, Oakland has been active um, after the lockout. Probably not in the most positive ways. But um, I kind of want to start there and about some of the guys they have lost. And the first one that kind of fell was Chris Bassett to the New York Mets. And you guys getting two um, pitchers in return. You know, when you say Chris Bassett, I know he's a little bit older, but he did seem to have um, that kind of leadership role with the A's last year. How big of a loss is that for the for the A's coming up in uh, 2022? 
Yeah, obviously, I mean, uh, to lose a, a leader like that, I think what it impacts even more is kind of the clubhouse culture there. Um, Chris Bassett was obviously a guy who, as the A's were kind of making their rise to postseason runs over the last few years, he developed into really a top-of-the-line pitcher. And, and last year, I mean, really was looking like a Cy Young candidate before he had that incident in Chicago where he got hit with the line drive, but um, put together a, a great year, a career year for him. And um, right now it seems like he's kind of at his prime a little bit, a little bit on the other side, but still definitely has some few years, good, a uh, few good years left in him. So, um, you know, it's obviously tough for, for everybody on the team to see a guy like that go um, just because of what he's meant to this ball club over the past few years. So that was kind of like the first domino of the fall and everyone kind of, you know, when the lockout started, did you have the feeling that the A's were going to be like um, selling off a lot of players once it did end? I think we had an idea that, you know, the time was coming. I don't know if we thought it was necessarily going to happen in spring training. Um, the lockout obviously kind of threw things out of whack. Um, I think if anything, I, me personally, I thought maybe they were going to kind of go into the season thinking maybe they have one more run left and, and see where they are at the trade deadline. And if they're kind of out of it, then they trade some pieces off. Um, but, you know, once the Bassett domino fell, then obviously shortly after you saw Olsen go and then Chapman go. So, um, you know, they kind of just started finding these packages of prospects that they like from other teams. Um, obviously, they had some attractive names out there. Um, so, you know, it's kind of entering a new chapter of base baseball. A, a chapter just closed with the, the Chapman and Olsen era. Olsen era is what I think everyone will remember this as, uh, kind of a team that was on the rise and, and was able to get to the playoffs. Not really able to go too deep into the playoffs, but um, definitely brought winning baseball to Oakland for the past five years. And now, obviously, they got to look for new stars to kind of fill those voids. Right. You talk about the Matt Olson and Matt Chapman trades, Olson going to Atlanta, Chapman going to uh, Toronto. But if you look at those three trades, the the two Matts and Chris, the A's get a total back of about about 10 players in those three trades. Out of those 10 players, how many of those guys are able to make an impact or expected to make some kind of an impact this year? I think mainly just a few. Um, I think the, the mainly the impact guys who they're really excited about might be a, maybe a year or two away. Um, a guy who might might make the opening day roster this year is maybe Christian Pache, who they got from the Braves. He's a guy who's been you know highly regarded for years now over there in Atlanta and has been able to play in the majors for a little bit. His defense is amazing. Uh, he's considered to be one of the top defenders in all the minor leagues, um, and his glove is major league ready. It's just questions about his bat, if he can hit. I think the A's are trying to determine that right now in spring training, getting him a lot of at-bats and seeing where he is offensively. Um, if they feel like he's not ready, maybe he starts the year at AAA. But he's a guy who's definitely going to factor into the A's roster here pretty soon, um, whether it's spring, whether it's uh, opening day or shortly after. Um, they've got a couple other guys who could maybe be potentially bullpen pieces. Uh, the guy that they got in the Mets deal, uh, his name's Adam Aller. He had a pretty good debut, spring debut, a couple of days ago against the Cubs, against most of their regulars. Um, he looked pretty sharp. Uh, he's a guy who could maybe start out the year in a bullpen role, maybe a long relief role, depending on what happens with their other guys like Manaya and Montas. I mean, those guys could still be moved. So if that happens, he could obviously move into the rotation as well. Um, they've got a couple of other bullpen guys, Kirby Sneed, who they got from the Blue Jays, and then Zach Logue, a lefty, who they got from the Blue Jays as well. Uh, those guys are kind of in the mix for a bullpen role right now. Um, so mainly the top, top prospects that they got they're all in minor league camp right now, and they're going to kind of develop there. And, um, you know, maybe a guy like the catcher, Shea Langley, or so they got from the Braves could come up soon this year, but he won't start the year with the team. 
Um, other guys, I know the guy they got from the uh, Blue Jays, Garrett Hoagland, was, you know, just had Tommy John surgery. So he's going to, you know, be recovering with the team a little bit. But um, I think the excitement that they have over these players are that maybe in a year or two, they become closer to major league ready and they can kind of come up along with their own prospects that they've been developing here recently. And that's something that's always fascinated me about the A's is the, the ability to either find guys and kind of maybe retool them a little bit, or just flat out develop their own guys. When you look at the three trades, did you feel they got enough, especially for the two mats? Or do you think there's a possibility of them getting more? I think the, the, the Olsen deal in particular was really good. Um, they got, I mean, ar- arguably Atlanta's top two prospects and then another two prospects who are top 10, top 15 in their system. And Atlanta has a pretty solid system to begin with. So um, I think that was a really good haul. I know they were really excited about the guys that they got for Olsen. Maybe maybe even a little surprised that they were able to get those guys. Um, the, the Blue Jays deal maybe isn't as, uh, you know, in terms of the prospect uh, rankings not as not as good as the the Olsen deal, but um, there are still a couple names there. Kevin Smith, who they got as an infielder, who might might potentially he's a guy left out, but he's a guy who potentially could open the open the year with the A's as a third baseman or or kind of a utility guy who can play around the infield. And he's had some pretty good years with the with the Blue Jays as well in the minor leagues. Um, and he was going to be you know a candidate to be their third baseman um, before they got Chapman. So he's a guy who's major league ready as well. Um, and again, the guy who they got, who, who has Tommy John right now, Hoagland, he's really the, the key piece of that Chapman deal. And we'll have to wait and see how he res- responds from Tommy John surgery. But um, I know there's high hopes for him as well. But I mean, I think overall, I think they were, I mean, to get, like you said, 10 players for three guys. Um, I mean, we never know how prospects are going to pan out. The guys could be, you know, the next best thing and, you know, they end up <laughs> not doing anything. But um, I think the A's have shown, a, uh, especially in trades, have shown, you know, capable of identifying guys who they feel really fit their system and and are able to kind of develop them their own way um, and bring them up. And eventually they end up contributing. So obviously the big question marks at the corners now, Matt Olson, Matt Chapman gone. Who are the guys that are looking to take over for them at those positions? Yeah, it's really an open competition and, and spring training games are going to uh, determine a lot of who breaks camp with the team. Uh, right now at third base, they've got Sheldon Noisy back in the mix. He's a guy who was a top prospect for the A's at one point. Uh, and, you know, there was kind of no spot for him when Olsen and Chapman were here. So he got let go and he went over to the Dodgers. Uh, but now the A's claimed him off waivers and he's back in the organization. He's a guy who can really hit and he's hitting in spring training. Um, his bat was always really something special with the A's. It was just kind of where, where he played defensively. And now he's been getting reps at third base and his defense looks pretty good. So it looks like it's between him and Kevin Smith there at third base. Um, and then over at first base, it's kind of even more unknown. They brought in Eric Thames, who's kind of trying to make a comeback here. He's a guy who's obviously, you know, fans know him as a, this big slugger who was with the, <laughs> with the Brewers a while back. Uh, he was went to Japan to play last year, but he got hurt uh, a few games in, so he really didn't get to play a, a whole lot last year. Um, he just hit his first homer today, so I think, um, you know, they're, they're excited about him possibly being, you know, in the mix as maybe a first baseman or a DH. Um, and then they brought back Billy McKinney as well, who was also a first-round pick by the A's, I think 2016, I believe. And uh, he's kind of been all around different teams. I think it was with the Dodgers last year. He made their postseason roster. Um, and he's been getting reps at first base. And uh, he's a guy who the A's have always liked. I mean, they drafted him for a reason. They traded him uh, in the Jeff Samarja deal a while back. But I know they liked him since back then. Um, so he's going to get a shot there as well. 
Uh, they've got other guys, non-roster guys in camp who are kind of vying for that spot, but really there's no clear-cut favorite there. It's kind of still very much up in the air. They've, they haven't played a whole lot of games, so they don't have a lot to go on. Um, and really, I mean, for the first time in a while, A-Spring training really matters in terms of games because this is really all they can do in terms of evaluating guys who they haven't seen before. they gotta, they got to go largely off you know, how they produce here in, the, in, the, in these Cactus League games. Especially because of the shortened um, spring training because of the lockout, that's even more kind of a hindrance. If it was a full spring training, you might have got you know four or five weeks worth of stuff. Um, I know as Angel fans, uh, anytime Matt Olson or Matt Chapman came up in a in a you know clutch type of situation, we were always scared. <laughs> Who is going to be that guy going forward now with the A's that um, is going to be looked upon to carry the team offensively? Well, I know Ramon Laureano is suspended right now, but um, he's got 27 games left. And I think when he comes back, I mean, he's a guy who obviously, you know, we've seen what he can do. The Angels have seen what he could do. at times. <laughs> So he's a guy who I think Thanks. Definitely, more than, yeah, definitely more than ever now, um, you know, they're going to kind of look to to really step up and be, you know, a leader and, and one of the middle of the order guys. Um, I think Sean Murphy, uh, he came into camp, you know, really raking right now. And I mean, spring training numbers are spring training numbers, but he's a, a guy who's always had a lot of pop in his bat um, since the minor leagues. Um, but last year, he kind of had a down year in terms of batting average. Uh, but he made some adjustments, and it looks like he's going to be a middle of the order guy. And um, I know a lot of people around the league have raved about him. He won a gold glove last year, but um, the offense, I think, is still to come. The best of his offense is still to come. And um, I think he's a guy who could be an all-star. So, I mean, Murphy, between Murphy and, and Loriano, that's going to be kind of the, the one-two punch that the A's are going to look to in the middle of the order, I think. Um, other guys like Tony Kemp had a career year last year, and he's going to get a chance to play every day, which is going to be interesting because, I mean, he's always been a guy who's kind of been utility, not play every day, uh, play all around the field. Now it seems like he's established at second base with this team. And um, really towards the second half last year, he was one of their best hitters in a playoff race. So, um, he's going to get a full slate of at bats here, and I think, you know, he could do some. He could he could be a really good uh, kind of spark plug at the top of the lineup. Um, but you know, aside from that, I mean, they're going to need guys to step up. Um, you know, a lot of young guys vying for spots here. Um, I think they're hoping that one or two of them can really uh, just put it all together because they've got guys who either have had talent before they've they've shown it in the majors and trying to make a comeback like Thames or, or guys who kind of bounce around who are still teetering on prospect status, like noisy, um, but haven't really put it all together yet. But they're going to get their chance with the A's. You know, they're going to get plenty of at-bats here. There's plenty of open spots. So um, they'll get a chance to kind of go through the ups and downs of a major league, major league season here for sure. So you kind of mentioned uh, the pitching situation a little bit earlier with Frankie Montas and Sean Manaya still being on the team as of, we, as we record this right now, when this was posted, we don't know. But as we record, they're still on the team. You know, if they stay with the A's to at least, you know, the trade deadline to kind of see where the A's are going to be, how how much more wins do you think they bring to the table than if they were to be shipped out? Yeah, I think definitely, uh, I mean, just from a morale standpoint, you know, team standpoint to be able to have those guys around I think would be a nice, you know, signal that, you know, hey, we're still a team that's going to be competitive. I mean, if you got Manaya and Montas at the top of the rotation, um, that's a pretty good one-two duo there to go out, you know, every fifth day and, and have a pretty good chance to win. Those two guys had really good years last year. Obviously, that's why there's a lot of interest in them. Um, my feeling is that they're going to they're gonna hold on to them 
you know, at least to the trade deadline and, and see if, you know, they can raise the value even more. Um, I know both guys are, are throwing the ball pretty well here in spring early on. They're both healthy. And I know that, you know, they could probably go put out together an, another pretty good first half here. And, and obviously once you get closer to, you know, July and all that, and, you know, pitchers start going down with injuries, kind of, you know, teams start to panic a little bit more, maybe might start to offer a little bit more than they're offering now. So um, it might be a little strategic there by the edge front office to kind of keep them here, uh, not only just to kind of be, uh, you know, a guidance for the younger pitchers on the staff, but also see if they can get maximize kind of their trade value um, once it gets, you know, mid-season. Let me talk about our next sponsor, ColorCast. ColorCast is a live audio-only sports talk platform, free to download and free to use. Talk to fans, athletes, and interact in real time, perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. Share your own experiences on the app. All you need to do is download the ColorCast app free in the iOS app store. Create a profile and link your Twitter. That's all. Come with your spectacular takes. Let me talk about Athletic Greens real quick. I take Athletic Greens. It is something that I take every morning. And guess what? It's easy to drink, which for me, that's number one. It's not like all your other vitamin powders that have that real earthy taste to it. This is very easy to drink, which makes it easy for me to take every day. All it takes is a single scoop and water every day, cold water. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a full year supply for free with your first purchase. That's immune-supporting vitamin D and five travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash sports drink. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash sports drink to take your ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutrition insurance. So behind them, behind those two guys, how is the Oakland A's pitching staff? Because you think Oakland A's, you know, you think pitching, whether it's a strong bullpen or if you even go back to the Zito, Mulder days and stuff like that. How is the pitching staff behind them shaping up? Yeah, so it's an interesting mix right now. I know Cole Irvin is kind of the number three guy. Um, he, he's, you know, throwing the ball with extra velocity this spring. He's looking pretty good. He got off to a really good first half last year and then kind of tailed off. He never really pitched that many innings in his career before, so. I think fatigue might have kind of been a factor there, but um, they're they're looking forward to him, you know, being one of the guys along with Malayan Montas at the top of that rotation. And then you get to Dalton Jeffries, who's been a top prospect for them for a long time. He finally came up last year to make a start, and uh, he's a guy who they have high hopes for as well. He was a first round pick not too long ago, kind of went through injuries, but seems to be fully healthy again. And um, you know, he's he's not a guy who really has overpowering stuff, but I think he's a as a middle middle of the rotation guy, I think he could you know serve them pretty well. Then they brought in Brent Honeywell from the Rays, who uh, has had a couple of spring starts here. He's a guy who once was one of baseball's top prospects, but I mean he was derailed by elbow injuries. He's healthy again, um, and the A's are kind of looking at him as a starter right now. Uh, James Caprillion, who would have been uh, one of their starting rotation members, is has been dealing with the injuries. Healthy now, but the ramp up process is going to go into the regular season, so he probably won't be back until April late April um, at the earliest. So uh, once he is healthy, he will definitely be in the rotation. He's a guy who had a really good rookie year last year. So, I mean, pitching wise, I think, you know, they can, they can survive with, with their starters. I mean, they, they always find a way to kind of squeeze the best out of their starting <laughs> rotation members, no, ma- no matter who it is. They're always able to find guys who fit, you know, their ballpark, who can 
you know, perform well in their ballpark. Um, they kind of have their own ways, you know, they're, they're, they study pitchers when they're on other teams and kind of figure out, you know, formulas to, you know, you know, make a suggestion here or there, you know, maybe throw your fastball a little more um, or something like that. They always are able to kind of tweak with guys and, and figure out what works best for them. So um, I think pitching wise, you know, they're going to, they're going to have a pretty solid rotation here um, to start the season, I think. Yeah, me and buddies always kind of look at the A's. We'll just find some guy you probably never heard of and turn him into a solid number two. And you're just thinking to yourself, where did this guy, you know, kind of come from and stuff like that. Um, now going to the bullpen, how's that bullpen shaping up again? A's has always, to me, always been pitching first. Good rotation, strong bullpen. How's that bullpen looking for you guys this year? Yeah, well, there's a bunch of open spots uh, in that bullpen this spring. Um, really, they lost a lot of, lot of guys. Uh, through free agency, you know, the, the regular guys that you got used to seeing like Petit, Romo, uh, Diekman, those guys are all gone. So um, Lou Trevino probably as it stands right now is the closer. Um, really good hat first half last year and then kind of tailed off towards the end of the year. Another guy who might have, you know, been dealing with some fatigue issues, but um, I mean, he's got electric stuff. Um, so he definitely is, I think, suited for the closer role. And they've got a couple other guys like Deolis Guerra and, and uh, Domingo Acevedo who have major league time. They're probably going to be in there. But the rest of the, the bullpen, it's really kind of guys battling it all out right now. There's not really any uh, clear front runners there. A.J. Puck, you know, one of their top prospects who, you know, originally was a starter who's now kind of leaning towards more of the bullpen role. He might be a guy who eventually steps in there as a setup man. He probably will enter the year with the bullpen. Um They've got a bunch of other guys who they invited for, you know, non-roster invites, guys who have had big league experience like Austin Pruitt, um, Zach Jackson. Um, they've got Sam Selman, who I believe was with the Angels, you know, last year. So um, they're looking at a lot of guys right now. That That's probably going to be uh, something that comes down to the wire, you know, picking down, picking out, you know, which, you know, nine or ten relievers they start out with, you know, come opening day because really um, – you know, in these spring games, they haven't been able to see all these guys yet and see, you know, who really fits their bullpen. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if they pick out their, you know, nine or 10 bullpen guys and then a week or two later bring up some new guys. And, and, and as they see more and more of certain guys, maybe like them a little bit more. But I don't think they have a lot of info on them right now to kind of make a, a real comfortable decision. They're just going to kind of, you know, do it on a whim a little bit here because they don't they don't have a lot of info on a lot of these guys. So obviously, like we mentioned, you're going to see a lot of changes in the field for the A's. Another change for the A's this year is the managerial position. Bob Melvin moving on to San Diego after, you know, about a decade with the A's. Um, now stepping in, Mark Kotze. He has been with the A's, you know, for a little while now. Have Being at spring practice and, and, and seeing some games, have you seen any kind of different philosophy at all um, from one guy to the other? Um. I think early, I think we're all still kind of trying to, you know, get to know him. I mean, we, we've known Mark Kotze for years now. I mean, he's always been on the staff, but um, as far as like managerial stuff, I think that'll show a little bit more as the season goes along. Um, but I think he's a, he's a good fit for this club, especially then now that they're going to go younger, you know, Mark Kotze, not too far removed from his playing days, you know, maybe can relate to the players a little bit more. Um, Bob Melvin was great with young players as well, but um, you know, Mark Kotze is a guy who, like I said, it didn't, played not that long ago and um, he's, he's familiar with a lot of these guys on the team. I know they lost a lot of guys, but um, still the players that they have in camp um, he's, he's gotten to know these guys in past spring trainings before um, his coaching staff still for the most part, still intact. He did bring in some new hitting coaches, but 
Um, the older hitting coaches have moved on to different roles still with the club. So a lot of continuity there in terms of the, of the uh, coaching staff as a whole. Um, but, you know, for a first-year manager, I think this is a good spot for him to kind of get his feet wet and, and kind of grow, you know, with the team as they grow as well. I think both will go through growing pains. I think um, when we first talked to him, when he first got the job, he did say that there are some things that he took from Bob that he's going to look to implement as well, but he also wants to carve out his own style. There's going to be uh, differences from him and Bob. I think, I think there is definitely a little bit more intensity um, that comes with Kotze. I know Bob Melvin was really even keel, and that was kind of one of his best traits was just you know never too high or too low, no matter how the team was doing. Um, I think you're going to see Kotze show a little bit more emotion. And, you know, he's a younger guy, so I think it makes sense that he's going to be a little bit more, uh, you know, demonstrative in, in his actions. But um, I think the team is buying into him. I think they, they feel like he is the right man, you know, for this job. I know um, they all respect him from his, from his time on the coaching staff over these years. And he's kind of worked his way up to this point. It's not like it was just given to him. So um, I think they feel comfortable with him kind of being the leader of this new chapter that the team is about to go on. What is probably the one thing that will be – most missed by not having Bob Melvin there? Is it bullpen management? Is it a, like a player relationship? What's probably the biggest thing that's going to be missed there? I think, I think all around, I mean, I know, you know, for us, like talking to him from media standpoint, he was great. I mean, he, he was awesome to, you know, you know, have our pregame sessions with, um, you know, he handled media so well um, in terms of player, you know, personnel, um, you know, he always did uh, such a great job of just kind of, making sure, you know, guys are confident and kind of instilling confidence in, in everybody at the start of spring training. I mean, he had these guys believing, you know, that they can win, you know, even when they're, you know, the Astros were, you know, these, these powerhouse teams and the Rangers were going out and signing all these guys, you know, it didn't matter. You know, they, these guys came into spring training and, and they felt like they can win uh, with the group that they had in place, no matter what the salary is or, or whatever it may be. Um, that was just something that Bob was able to do. And it kind of rubbed off on, on the guys like Chapman and Olsen and, and all those guys as well, that the, his personality kind of, you know, rubbed off on, on the stars as well. Um, and they were able to kind of control that clubhouse and, and build a really good, you know, positive, I think, energy in there. So, um, you know, maybe Mark Kotze can carry that on. Um, you know, we'll still have to wait and see on that. Um, I think, uh, like I said, as the season goes along, we'll kind of get to know a little bit more of how he kind of manages, um, you know, this team, but, um, I think first impression, obviously, Bob Melvin, I mean, he's going to probably be a Hall of Famer at some point. So um, he's going to be a guy who's going to be missed by the players and, and everyone in Oakland. Um, but, you know, again, he, I think, landed in a pretty good spot over there with San Diego. And, <laughs> and uh, you know, I think kind of knew, you know, the direction this team was going. And uh, I think he, uh, it's going to be interesting, you know, to see, uh, you know, when they do play the, play the uh, A, when the Padres play the A's, I know uh, probably going to be something special for him because, I mean, he meant a lot to this ball club over the last 10 years. So obviously putting aside injuries, because no one can really predict injuries, and, and that's ultimately going to determine a lot of stuff. But putting aside that, finish this sentence. The Oakland A's will be competing if blank happens. If the guys that they have in camp right now can live up to their potential. Uh, and and I, when I say that, I mean – you know, the guys who maybe the position players, because I think the pitching will be there, but um, it's guys who are relatively unproven. You know, if Eric Thames can, you know, get back to his old self, if, if Sheldon Noisy can break out, if um, Tony Kemp can put together a full season like that, um, 
just they have potential guys, but guys who for the most part are really unproven in a lot of areas. So um, they will have to prove themselves at the major league level, plain and simple. So I am a fantasy baseball player. I am in a couple fantasy baseball leagues this season. So help me out. Give me a what you think could be a possible fantasy sleeper on the Oakland A's this year. Hmm. Let's see. I don't know if Murphy qualifies as a sleeper anymore. <laughs> but I think I think he's gonna have a really big year. Um, hmm. As far as a sleeper pick, let's see. I'll go with. Uh, I like Sheldon Noisy a lot. I I I've liked I liked him the first time he was with the A's. Um, I thought he was a really good hitter. I thought he was going to be a really good hitter at the big league level. Just hasn't been able to get a chance for regular at bats. But I think that's going to come with the A's this year. And I think, I mean, he's a guy who can who can hit. I mean, I think there's one thing he can do. He can hit. Um, I think defense. We'll see where he plays, but um, he's going to get regular at bats. And I think you're going to see him as an everyday producer in this lineup for sure. So I want to thank you, Martin, for jumping on. You can follow him on Mar- at, on Twitter at Martin J Gallegos for when you know obviously the A's play the Angels. I think, and I don't know why, but it always seems like the Angels are opening up in Oakland. But because of the lockout, they didn't they didn't have, they didn't have to this year. But one thing on your Twitter bio, I see, and I just, this will be the last question. It says walk up song enthusiast. So if you had a walk up song for this season, what are you feeling? What would it be? Oof, for this season. Uh... That's a tough one. There's a lot of good songs out there. Um, just going by my recently played songs. Uh, <laughs> let's see here. Um, you know, I was I was you know into some Bone Thugs in Harmony. <laughs> okay, uh, classics. There you go. I was actually listening to the Crossroads on on the way over, and <laughs> it's kind of fitting. The A's are kind of at a crossroads right now, so um, Crossroads. I think coming up, that, that'd be a pretty good song to throw on. And bam, just like that, everything comes full circle. I like that. I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. Um, again, follow him on Twitter, Oakland A's beat writer, Martin Gallegos, at Martin J. Gallegos on Twitter. Thank you very much, um, and hope to see you around Anaheim sometime. Yeah, sounds good, man. See you soon. And again, I would like to thank Martin Gallegos for jumping on again. Always a great time talking to him. Very easy to talk to. Uh, make sure you follow him on Twitter, Martin J. Gallegos the Oakland A's beat writer for MLB.com. And again, when Anaheim plays Oakland, it's always cool to kind of see what's going on with the team as they come into town, um, who's healthy, who's not, who's on a hot streak, who's not. And, you know, follow these beat writers. We'll give you the best idea of that. So luckily the angels don't open up in Oakland again, like it seems like every year. So that means, you know, we won't see the Oakland athletics, I think until May, but it's good to see kind of what's going on. Will they still have those two pitchers by then? Will they have the pitchers by the trade deadline? You know, we'll, we'll see what happens. But again, that's Martin Gallegos, Oakland A's beat writer for MLB.com. So that's going to wrap up this edition of the All Angels podcast. Again, we're going to do these quick little podcasts to preview the AL West. I'm hopefully going to have a Seattle Mariner one up pretty soon with a buddy of mine from Sunday League, the podcast, DH. Uh, huge. Seattle fan. I mean, he's. I'm talking about. He flies up to Seattle on a quick little turnaround trip just to see a game up there. Kind of, kind of fan. So, really looking forward to that. That should be coming out in a couple of days. So keep a lock down, lock 
keep on a lookout for that. Wow, tongue tied. Um, but until then, make sure you subscribe, rate, review this podcast on um, Spotify and on Apple Podcasts. And as we continue to get closer and closer to the season, help us spread this podcast by sharing it with a friend, a coworker, um, a family member. It helps us out a lot and helps us try to expand the angel fandom, if you will. So definitely check it out. Definitely do that. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for the podcast, you can always reach out to us at allangelspodcast at gmail.com all angels podcast at gmail.com or you can slide into the dms on our instagram and twitter at um halo underscore haven again it's at halo underscore haven there we try to get back to you as soon as we can but yeah if you have any uh, questions comments concerns ideas please let us know we are here to try to make this podcast better for the fans um and that's hopefully what we're going to do this season as the angels are closer and closer to opening day So until next time, I am Dallin Garcia, and this has been another edition of the All Angels Podcast. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. (laughs) I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. 
Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more.